Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and live from a secure, undisclosed location somewhere on the East Coast, it's the Fourth and Inches <laughs> Show with Jana and the Sherpa. As you might have guessed, I'm not Jana. I am the Sherpa. Let's welcome my co-host, Jana, to the mic. How are you this I'm evening, Jana? I'm good, and I'm not a Sherpa. <laughs> no, you're not. But I was a little worried about you today, though, because you were you were having some injury problems, and I thought we might have to put you on the pup, <laughs> and that we might have to find a substitute Jana for the show tonight. But thankfully, that didn't happen when we shot you up with cortisone and... Uh, got you back out on the field as it were. I'm very Jason Witten-esque. I play through my injuries. That's very good. I'm I'm more like a, um, I don't know who you would compare me to, maybe a, um, I can't even think of a good analogy right now. I'm certainly not Peyton Manning (laughs) or or Brett Favre. I guess maybe I'm more like Chaz Schillens or someone. But anyway, so what are we all going to talk about tonight? Well... First, let's start with how to get a hold of us during the show. And uh, we're on for an hour every Wednesday night from 9.30 to 10.30, which you obviously already know if you're here. And you can get a hold of us during the show on Twitter at the number 4THNInchesShow on email under the same handle, the number 4THNInchesShow at gmail.com. Or you can call us at 347-677-1608. That's 347-677-1608. I feel like I am a telemarketer when I say all this stuff. Um, No, no, no. Operators are standing by to take your calls. (laughs) I keep an eye on all of these things throughout the show, so I will see whatever you decide to write in the moment, and we can talk about it right then on air. And it's a good thing Jana does that because I just have my feet up on the desk while we do this. So all's in order as far as I'm concerned. My back hurts from carrying this team here. That's right. (laughs) Well, that's probably why we almost had to pup you today and why I was uh, in the sauna all day. So So, um, what Um, do you want to mention our uh, league? Yeah, a fantasy football league that we're putting together and is getting close to full. Um, I'm sending out information to the people who have already contacted us tonight. Right now we tentatively have our draft scheduled for Thursday, this September 2nd at 9 Eastern, and that's p.m., not a.m., but we're also flexible for if there's a lot of conflicts. Um, if you want to play in the league, Scott and I are playing, so you can see if we actually know what we're talking about. You can get beaten by me, uh, maybe make new friends. I don't know. You could get wild. But you can send us an email, you can tweet us, what, however you want to get a hold of me. Carrier pigeon, probably not good, but other ways are perfectly fine. And I can send you an email with all the login information and get you set up. And I can promise you if you beat me, you're not going to make a new friend. So, But anyway, don't <laughs> let that deter you from from calling in and, and writing us and, and getting into this league because we're going to have a lot of fun with it, a lot of trash talk, and we promise not to work <laughs> the rest of the listeners ad nauseum with the weekly play-by-play of the league, although if I'm in first place, we might mention it a little bit more than if Jan is in first won't. place. So. We definitely won't. But right. um, Scott Speaking and I actually already have, have some friendly wagers going, which we'll touch on later. But um, This is a family it, program. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, so you should just sign up and play. It's as simple as that. Okay, and what's the best way for people to indicate that they're interested in the league? 
Twitter or email. Both are the number four, THN Inches Show. And if you're trying to get hold of us on email, that's at gmail.com. Okay, and great. It's pretty easy. And All right, we can and also be found uh, during the week on fantasyfootballsherpa.com. Uh, sometimes I grace Scott with my presence and help him blog there. Um, but there's a lot of really interesting information, and it's updated every day and customizable, and I use it, Scott uses it, you should use it. So go check it out. Right, and we're going to have a, a new blog entry on handcuffs up uh, probably by lunchtime tomorrow. And when I say handcuffs, of course, I'm not, I'm not talking about the S&M or anything. You know, this is a fantasy football show here. So go check that out and you know, go check out the projections, play around with the settings for your league and uh, see what you think. So anyway, on for tonight's show then. What are we going to be talking about tonight, Jenna? Today we have the AFC and NFC West we're going to take a look at, and we've got a handful of transactions and injuries to take a look at, as well as maybe a game. We could get crazy here. <laughs> yeah, the, the game is always my favorite part because I get to ask the questions and I don't have to do any yeah, thinking. I, I, did all, <laughs> I did all my thinking off air, as, as we say in the trades. So Great. let's hop right into the transactions that you want to mention this week. What, what have you got for us? Well, the Vikings this week were uh, the big losers or the big winners, if you're looking at it in terms of actual transactions made. Um, they found out that Sidney Rice is going to miss at least half the season after having hip surgery a couple of days ago. Apparently he's already rehabbing, but hip surgery is still hip surgery, so that's pretty gnarly. Um, Percy Harvin on Thursday had that scary passing out migraine issue on the field. He had to be taken to a hospital and stayed overnight. Um, he still hasn't practiced, uh, and they still don't really know how to control the migraines, so that's a little sketchy. But um, we also got a better update on Larry Fitzgerald from Arizona. It looks like he's going to be ready for week one, but he's not going to play in the rest of the preseason uh, with that knee injury. Uh, unfortunately, there were some not-so-lucky people this week <laughs> where P.J. Hill from New Orleans, one of their running backs, went on injured reserve. He had a season-ending tricep injury, which is not good. And yeah. Chad Schillens, the Raiders wide receiver, had arthroscopic knee surgery a few days ago and is out indefinitely. Also not good. <laughs> no. Hey, why, why don't you mention, too, what the Vikings did to compensate for the losses of uh, Rice and potentially Harvin? What did they do? Uh, they signed Javon Walker, who, as many people know, played with Brett Favre in Green Bay. Uh, he had been with Oakland the last two years, but was doing absolutely nothing of value and got released a few weeks ago. So that'll be interesting. <laughs> and then today they made a trade as well? Uh-huh. They also got Greg Camarillo from the Dolphins for cornerback Benny Sapp. And New Orleans tried to find some running back depth in Deshaun Wynn. Uh, they signed him just after putting P.J. Hill on IR. But uh, he was also a Packer for a little bit. He's also battled a lot of injuries, so I don't know how well that's actually going to work out. Yeah, we'll we'll see, but it sounds like a 
This is the time of year when the injury carousel or merry-go-round starts up in earnest. Then, so yeah, hopefully but, nobody uh, else uh, catches the injury bug. Cause I'm no, I'm, I'm hoping that that will be a shorter segment next week and going <laughs> forward, but uh, we'll see. Only so, so why don't we dive right into the previews that we were going to do tonight? And right, and start. we've been asking uh, we've been asking questions over the last few days on Twitter where if you follow us, you can get in on letting us know your opinion in advance, um, discuss with us whatever your little heart desires. Um, and we actually asked a, question, a couple of questions about Arizona uh, yesterday, I think. And they were along the lines of how do you think Matt Leinert's going to do? Is Larry Fitzgerald's value going to decrease now that Kurt Warner's gone and Anquan Bolden's gone, things like that. And um, Krista says that she thinks Matt Leinert's going to be good and Larry Fitzgerald's going to be fine and they're going to be a great team this year, which I don't totally agree with. But (laughs) um, she seems to have a lot of faith in Matt Leinert. I tend to agree with her. And the only reason I agree with her is I think that they'll get the kinks worked out in the last couple preseason games. And I also think Leinert is going to have a real long leash there just because (laughs) – and, and we're we're going to have some interesting conversation on this, I can promise you folks. But uh, I am just we're not a Derek Anderson. <laughs> I am just not a Derek Anderson fan in any way, shape, or form. When you look at this guy, and he's someone that the Browns couldn't wait to get rid of, so that they could put Jake Delhomme in his place. I think that tells me all I need to know about Derek Anderson. But I, I believe you I have a, a different point of view. Put Brady Quinn in place, but that is for another day. But Actually, I tend to think that Matt Liner is not even going to be the starter by week seven. Scott disagrees with me. So I say we bet maybe a basket of cookies, something simple, because I think I'm going to be right, and I really like cookies. <laughs> hmm. I, I can't I, even I, think I, of what I... <laughs> I, don't, I don't even have any kind of faith in Matt Liner. I have faith that he loves to go out and party and hang in hot tubs with pretty girls, but I don't think he can be an elite or even above-average NFL quarterback. I just don't believe it can ever happen. He's had chances, and he's blown them. I just, uh, I, <laughs> I, just I don't feel good about it at all. I just think he knows, kind of like Ben Roethlisberger, although he obviously hasn't accomplished as much, at least not on the field, as Ben Roethlisberger has. But I just, I just think that he knows this is his last shot. If he screws this up, then he's probably going to be playing in the UFL next year if, if he's even just lucky enough to. Just because somebody knows it's their last shot doesn't mean they can actually perform. I don't think he has the skill set to be an elite quarterback. I'm not even talking elite here. I'm just talking about league average, and I think it just depends on whether he can you know, calm down enough and regain his confidence enough to the point where he can hit his passes and all. He's he's over a 60% passer for his career, and granted, he hasn't he had that many. Has he actually thrown for his career, though? Like not Probably not a full season's worth. I'll, I'll grant you that. But, well, but I don't you think look that at, 60% says a lot. Well, I, I would rather take a chance with his 60% and see him, what he can do in a in a larger number of games than take uh, Derek Anderson, who I think was at 44 or 45% last year, and is at about 54 or 55% for his career, 
whereas the average NFL quarterback's in the low 60% completion range. I would rather take Derek Anderson over Matt Leinart for sure. He's capable of being a pro bowler. He's capable of winning 10 games in a season. Matt Leinart's not capable of doing anything in the NFL. He's not shown us he can do anything great. He had a good preseason game a few years ago. Oh, boo-hoo. All right, okay. So, obviously, there we have a difference of opinion. I obviously can't back mine up with anything factual that's based on a significant number of games, but I just think that... If that's your gut feeling, that's cool. I go with my gut a lot, but I just see no reason to even bother drafting Matt Leinart ever. Well, I I certainly wouldn't draft him as more than, say, a third quarterback, but we'll, we'll get to this later, but Derek Anderson, for me, if... If I if I if he ends up on any one of my fantasy teams, something has gone drastically wrong. So let's leave it at that. So anything okay, else? <laughs> Larry Fitzgerald, though, he's an interesting case because he seems to be the kind of guy that, as long as you know the quarterback can get him the ball, is going to put up pretty decent numbers. On the one hand, he has the absence of Kurt Warner working against him, but on the other hand, he also has the absence of Anquan Bolden, who's moved on to purpler pastures in Baltimore there. I don't he, he think having have... Anquan Bolden there is actually going to help him. I think it hurts him not having Bolden there. Don't you? No, not really. I mean, Breston is a decent receiver. Early Doucette is a decent receiver. They might not be Early all pro quality. <laughs> well, he was, he was a decent third. He was a I think he'll be a decent third down receiver, much as Breston was. Breston. I think I think Steve Breston could be considered in very very general terms a sleeper, and I mean like borderline sleeper in the fact that people already know who he is. But I I think I think Larry Fitzgerald to be great needs to have a really good number two there, or else there's he's never going to get the ball enough to be great. There needs to be somebody good enough to distract defenders from him. And and maybe that's Tim Hightower's role. Mm, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I'm just I think thinking here. They don't have any. Do that. I mean, they don't I have any tight ends. Go ahead. No, they don't have tight ends. No, they. Kurt yeah. Warner. Didn't they don't have any tight ends, and <laughs> you know, Breston already played a lot last year because Bolden missed several games with injuries and showed that he was a capable fill-in and yeah I I just I guess I'm a little higher on him as well I I just no no I I I I, like Steve Breston I'm not trying to say that I don't I like him a lot but I'm saying that Larry Fitzgerald isn't a one-man show I think he needs a, a Robin to his Batman if you will I think he needs Steve Breston to be good and I think that they'll be good together but I think separately they would not be as good as everyone thinks Larry Fitzgerald's capable of being. Does that make any sense? (laughs) Sure. Sure. I I guess I just think that Steve Breston is capable of playing that Robin role, and we'll see whether Matt Leinart or Derek Anderson or Todd Marinovich or whoever they blow the cobwebs off to. I'm not agreeing with you about quarterbacks because you're talking crazy. (laughs) Well, we'll see there. So let's move on to the running backs there, too. Um, What do you think of Chris? Wells and Tim Hightower, where do you uh, see that? I think I think Beanie Wells gets is the only one of the two you take. I don't think there's any reason to take Tim Hightower. I think Beanie Wells is going to get 
the vast majority of the carries, and I think the fact that they have a better offensive line gives him more room to run and makes him even better than he already is. Well, last year, I think Hightower actually had more combined yards than Wells did. I mean, Wells had more rushing yards than he did, but Hightower made up for a lot of that in the passing yardage, and I'm not even talking touchdowns because those are random, but I, I think that'll probably, that seesaw will probably tilt in Wells' direction this year, so I think I'm with you. If, if I could only pick one of those two guys, I would rank Wells considerably higher than Hightower, even if they say that Hightower is nominally the starter for the first week. Yeah, I, I still think that uh, Wells is the guy that I want on my team for the balance of the season then. So yeah, we can agree on things. <laughs> okay. It is possible. So, I know. All right. Not not often, but it happens occasionally through some happen, happenstance. So, all right, let's move on to the San Francisco 49ers then and start with Alex Smith, the quarterback. What do you think of his potential fantasy value this year? Um, I probably would draft him late, if at all. But I actually, in real life, like not fantasy football, I love Alex Smith. And I really, really wish he could become an elite quarterback someday. And I'm hoping this year's the year, but I don't actually know if it will happen. (laughs) It's a big risk to take. He's got decent wide receivers now. Um, He's got two that I kind of like, and he's got a good running back. But... Yeah, I, 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 I think he could take a big step up this year. He's got I the same so. offensive coordinator for a couple years in a row now. They've Frank Gore. I, I don't really count on him to stay healthy for a whole season. So I think the Brian Westbrook pickup was really a stroke of genius on their part. And Anthony Dixon might even chip in there. But I really like the rapport that he developed last year with Michael Crabtree and Vernon Davis. And I think those guys are are both are real fantasy studs, and Frank Gore, if he stays healthy. I think Vernon Davis is an elite tight end. I I would go out and say that for sure. I agree. The only thing where I think he may not be quite as as valuable fantasy-wise as he was last season is just that I think with Crabtree's development, with Josh Morgan's development, and maybe even Ted Ginn, Unlikely, but possibly adding something to the mix there. I just think, I think they might have I think enough. Ted Ginn could have a breakout year. I don't see him doing that as a receiver, but if you're in a league where you count the kickoff yardage and kickoff return yardage and punt return yardage, but I mean, just as a receiver, I would be shocked if he had more than four or five hundred yards. But you seem to like him more I than I do. Be. I like him. <laughs> All right, and then as far as... I like a lot of 49ers, even though I'm a Cowboys fan. (laughs) Well, your your rooting interests and your fantasy interests here, and and I just think that the 49ers have a lot to offer from a fantasy perspective this year. As far as Smith goes, I don't think he's a top 12 quarterback, maybe a top 18. He's probably... Pardon? I, I don't think he's even close to the top 12. I'd probably put him somewhere in that 18 to 24 range, but if he does really have that kind of breakout season that you were talking about, I think maybe he's around top 12. But if I'm in a single quarterback league, then I'm looking at him as at best a backup for right now, and we'll, we'll see where that goes. Well, our fourth and inch in league, two quarterbacks. Just keep All right. that in mind. <laughs> okay, you, you can have Derek Anderson and Alex Smith then, so. 
Maybe I will. Maybe I'll just have a team full of quarterbacks. How about that? Yeah, that 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 might work. <laughs> and when you, if you win the league with that, then I'll I'll send you all the cookies you want then. So darn right so, you will. <laughs> and I will offer my 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 biggest apologies on the air for being wrong about about mm-hmm. both of them then. So you just wait, that and Josh Freeman, you're gonna be singing the blues, buddy. Yeah, we'll see. I, I like Josh Freeman too. I just I think that his weapons are a little bit better than you give him credit for. But let's move on to the Seahawks and they've got the whole Pete Carroll show in town now and it's the only good thing about that from my perspective, even though I am a USC cool. fan, the only good thing about this is at least the Seahawks can't get put on probation or at least maybe they haven't then they'll have to figure out a new way to make that possible. But yeah, so what do you the think NFL will make an exception for them. Yeah. They should just have the probation <laughs> follow the coach then. So the Hopefully. Seahawks are probably ineligible for the playoffs this year anyway, but with Pete Carroll there, why <laughs> not? They're not gonna make it anyway. It doesn't even matter. I, <laughs> I tend to agree with you there. So what do you think of their quarterback situation? Are Matt Hasselbeck and Charlie, Charlie Whitehurst, are either one of those guys worth drafting? It looks like Hasselbeck will be the starter, but can he even stay healthy for half a season? Uh, I don't know. I have some serious doubts about that. I, it's been, what, three years since he's played a full season? Um and a lot of his injuries are not the kind that just go away. Like, they're not sprained ankles. They're back problems and, you know, ankle problems. Just, like, it makes me uneasy because those things can keep coming back. There's really no end to that. So I would say I'd pass on both of them. I agree. I mean, Charlie Whitehurst was the third-string quarterback for the Chargers. He couldn't even beat out his, um you know, Billy Vlasic for the Billy Bolick, excuse me, for the backup quarterback position there. So, what makes them think that he's going to be able to step in when? And I say when, not if. Matt Hasselbeck goes down with an injury this season. I just think that there's there, that team is rotten from head to toe. But let's continue going down the the body then. And what do you think of Justin Forsetley on Washington and Julius Jones, their running backs? seems like there's some potential um, the there, but Julius it's just a Jones jumble. Julius experience was a huge bust. Uh, clearly, Dallas saw something that nobody else did when they got rid of him because he has not played well since he left. I would I would not draft Julius Jones. The only one that I would potentially pick out of the three is Leon Washington. And I guess we disagree I'm on this, too, because I... Like, I, just, uh, I don't really love the Seahawks for fantasy value. I think, yeah, running back-wise, even if Forsett or Washington, maybe one of those guys emerges, but for the beginning of my season, let somebody else draft them. That's my take on that. I think there's a little more... If Leon Washington's around, like, in the last couple of rounds in the draft, I might think about taking him. I believe that he might have enough value at that spot to do it, but I'm certainly not taking him in the middle round. I agree. I agree. And Justin Forsett, sounds like you're not very high on him. I actually like him more than Leon Washington, but again, like you, oh, he's like not Washington. somebody. I I like Forsett a little bit more, but in the same way you feel about Washington, I wouldn't draft a guy unless he's there with in the last couple rounds and I still had room for another backup running back. So let's move on then to the wide receivers there. T.J. Hushmanzada, Deion Branch, Golden Tate, Deion Butler, 
and Mike Williams, who Pete Carroll has resurrected, and hopefully, maybe he'll help Pete Carroll remind why he was put on probation. But anyway, what do you think of the receiving core there? Is there any fantasy value there? Uh, quite frankly, I don't think there's much. Um, if I had to take one, I, it probably would be Dion Branch, as crazy as that sounds. That does sound crazy um, to me. I know, I know, it's a little bit insane, but I just... Wasn't he the Super Bowl MVP about 15 years ago? (laughs) It's the, actually, it's an alumni team that's playing this year in Seattle. It's not an actual (laughs) real team. It's it's the old-timers league. Like, what's he done in the last couple of years? Nothing. Well, I wouldn't say nothing. He had over 900 yards last year. That's not nothing. It's a bad season for him, but it's it's not nothing. Yeah, and I I think think that it's just going to get worse. I don't think that that's going up. Mm. We'll see. I think, again, that's going to depend on Hasselbeck's health, but here I am trying to play both sides of the issue then because I already said I didn't think Matt Hasselbeck was going to... (laughs) I just said he's not going to stay healthy, and now I'm trying to argue that T.J. Hushmanzada Mm -hmm. is going to be a good fantasy pack pick when Matt Hasselbeck stays healthy. So call me a hypocrite and let's move on. All two weeks. I don't think All right. so. All nice. right. So how about John Carlson, the tight end? What do you think of him? Is he worth taking? Um, I wouldn't take him as your number one tight end, but if you're feeling lucky. <laughs> if you're in a two-tight end league, I definitely think he's on a roster. And if it's in a one-tight end league. I think he's on a roster, but I would want to have, like, a, I would want to have a Jason Witten starting as my number one, I'd want to have somebody really good because I don't feel like John Carlson's above average. I feel like he's average. I think he's above average. He actually had more yardage his rookie season than he did last year, even though he played, I think, all 16 games last year and only started, I think, seven his first year. But again, that just goes to show you with Seneca Wallace running around last year and Matt Hasselbeck hurt, they just the receiving game just wasn't up to its potential. And well, again, I think that's part of the problem. I think you need to devalue, it's not a great word, but kind of what you need to do to the majority of the offense around Matt Hasselbeck because it's such a fluid situation. You can't count on any specific numbers from any of these guys because you have no idea who's going to be throwing to them and on how consistent of a basis. That's that's a good point. I think maybe if someone like Kushmanzada fell to a middle round, he's still like it or not, he's the number one receiver there. And if you're a number one receiver on an NFL team, unless your quarterback is just uh, Demarcus, I mean Demarcus Russell or someone like that, you're, you're almost guaranteed the guy's going to have at least 750, 800 yards just if he has a pulse. So I think he could still be a valuable contributor, but again, his value, like you said, it's going to be closely determined as Will Carlson's on how healthy Matt Hasselbeck is able to stay. So I mm-hmm. agree with you that given that there's too much uncertainty there, I would probably just avoid that situation altogether if I could. But it seems to me that if there is any fantasy value on the team, it's at the wide receiver and tight end positions, and that, again, only if Hasselbeck plays well. So now that I repeated myself ten times, why don't we go on yep. to the <laughs> Rams then? So. 
Speaking of, of miserable quarterback situations, what's your take on there? They've got a rookie and a guy who's been in the league 15 years and never really accomplished much. What's what's your take on, on that situation, and how does it affect your view of the rest of their fantasy potential? Well, people need to understand this. Sam Bradford is not going to be a Matt Ryan or a Joe Flacco. Not going to happen. Don't take him early. Don't get crazy and think he's going to give you 3,000 yards because it's not going to happen. It's not even going to come close to happening. This guy's coming off shoulder surgery. He's a rookie. His team is atrocious. There's not a lot of offense around him. There aren't guys who are going to make him better. He's going to get crushed a lot. It's just, eh. There does not seem to be a lot of good coming out of St. Louis. What about Steven Jackson? He supposedly has had the back surgery and is feeling 100%, but then again, he's had trouble staying on the field for a full season the last few years. Is he still first-round running back in your mind? I'm a little biased because, A, I have terrible back problems, so I think that anybody with back problems is going to have an issue, and, B, his team sucks. (laughs) Like, (laughs) there's, there's nobody to... Make the defense think that, oh, they're not going to run the ball 70% of the time. Because they are. And it's going to be Steven Jackson. And he's going to get hit a lot. And sure, he can play through a lot. He's shown us that. But I just, I don't want anybody from St. Louis on my roster, including Steven Jackson. I agree up to the point. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't necessarily think I want Steven Jackson on my team. If I were at the end of a first round in a 12-team draft and he were still there, I would consider taking him. But I think he's shown in the last few years that he can still put up really good fantasy numbers, even with the lack of a supporting cast around him. I believe that he can put up numbers. I'm not willing to take the risk that he won't and that he'll get injured. A lot of people are, though. If you subscribe to the theory and I tend to agree with you there that you should try to avoid risky picks in the first round, then I agree with you. I would never take Steven Jackson in the first round. I think anybody who does is crazy. If you want to take him in the second round and that's a risk you want to take, great. But if you're taking him in the first round, you're an idiot. There are so many other choices that are going to be less risky and have more payoff than Steven Jackson. I think there there are going to be a lot of idiots then because I think think he still is considered generally a mid to late round, uh, first round pick then. But let's move on. Yeah, I just I don't agree with it. (laughs) All right, and then looking, is there any value there, Donny Avery, Laurent Robinson, anything wide receiver wise that looks even remotely interesting to you? If somebody said I had to take one, I'd take Donny Avery. But it sounds like you don't want to, like Seattle, you just <laughs> no. want to stay away from I, the whole situation. I'm then. not going to have a single St. Louis Ram on any of my fantasy rosters. So do, we agree then that, do we agree <laughs> then that collectively this, this collection of this group of four NFC West quarterbacks is probably the worst in all of football? Do we, can we agree on that? Uh, yeah, by a mile. All right. Why Good. don't why don't they just trade Jason Campbell to this conference? I mean, jeez. Why you don't like Jason Campbell? I hate Jason Campbell, but that's a story for well, another. Well, that's <laughs> yeah, and we're going to get to that team in about ten minutes. Yes, we then. are. So, <laughs> all right. So hopefully you're enjoying the show, and if you're not, then what are you doing listening to it? But please. 
sign up for the league, tweet us, phone us, email us, whatever it takes, get involved in the program. So now that we're done with the NFC West, on to the AFC West? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. So first up, the Denver Broncos with future quarterback Tim Tebow waiting in the wings with his broken ribs and Kyle Orton starting. And the yes, and Brady Quinn, who is not number one in Jersey sales and probably never will be. Kyle Orton nope. is he a decent fantasy quarterback? I don't think he goes in the first round, but if you're in a two quarterback league like the fourth and inches league is going to be, is he a second quarterback? A second quarterback, yes. The second round, no. Oh, I wasn't even talking about the second round. No, definitely not. I, mean, I wouldn't even take a first quarterback that early, but that's um, just me. I if. I mean, I would take Alex Smith before I take him. Um, I would not take Matt Leinart before I took him, though. So uh, I don't love him. Uh, I think he's going to throw a lot of interceptions. He grows a mean beard, though, so he's got that going for him. <laughs> he's going to miss Brandon Marshall a lot, I think this year but they traded away definitely... all their fantasy stud players like let's be honest <laughs> i i disagree there i i think no sean moreno could still be a really good player i think eddie I royal think, was really good two fantasy, years ago i don't think they're the classification of a fantasy stud they're not a sure thing they're very good but they're not like the guy well, Eddie Royal was a number one wide receiver two years ago, not number one in terms of of Denver. Marshall was ahead of him, but he was still – he right. put up almost 1,000 yards receiving in his I rookie like year, Royal. which was quite impressive. Especially if you're awful, in a point for reception league, he would just year, be though. a great pick. He was terrible he did. last year, like, He did, but that. again, he was injured all last year, too. So Remember I think when if, they had those throwback uniforms and he wore those – Awful socks in a sport. Sure, the yellow and brown jerseys, sure. That was the best thing he did all year. Uh, Probably. I I just. I'm (laughs) willing to write that off just as. as I am too. I would draft him. I feel like he will be much better than he was last year. He's, like him or not, he's the number one wide receiver for an NFL team, which should, again, and I think he's playing with a much better quarterback than. The NFC West teams are, with the exception of Alex Smith. Saying somebody's the number one wide receiver for an NFL team doesn't does not mean they're automatically good. <laughs> well, to me, it means that automatically they should be on a fantasy roster somewhere. If you're starting two or three wide receivers and having three backups, the number one wide receiver for any team needs to be on your roster, in my opinion. It needs to be on somebody's roster. It doesn't need to be on my roster. <laughs> Okay, so you can have you can have Derek Anderson, and then I'll take and I'll take Kyle Orton and uh, and, and we'll Eddie Royal. Even. Then now, as far as the running backs go, no Sean Moreno is his hamstring going to hold up? Is Corel Buckhalter's back going to hold up? Is Justin Fargus worthwhile? Is Lendell White going to contribute anything? Lendell, is there any Lendell fantasy White value there? I no Sean Moreno, yes. Uh, Justin Vargas, no. Lendell White, no. Maybe Corel Buckhalter, but you would have to be in a really deep league. I, I think what? I think Noshawn Moreno is an excellent number two running back. And on some teams, he could be a very good first. But I just 
I I don't think anybody behind him is worth any fantasy value. I've always been a Fargus fan. He seemed to always do well in Oakland when they put him in, and they never had a very good offensive line. But who knows? But Apparently, how, he's how having... many touches is he really going to get behind Moreno, though? He might get a lot. If Moreno's hamstring keeps barking on him, there's a good chance yes, that he, he will get some significant <laughs> playing time at some point during the season. So we'll see. All right, you take, so, you take Vargas. <laughs> all right, I'll take Vargas. We're, dra- we're drafting your team right now. <laughs> right, and, and you're you're getting – I'm giving you Corral Buckhalter. I have so there. six quarterbacks and, like, a defense so far. <laughs> right. So – and I'll take Eddie Royal, too, while we're at it then. No, I'm t- – Anyway. No, no. <laughs> I, a Royal is mine. We already said. And do you, do you want Jabbar Gaffney? Do you think anything of no, him or not? No, but really? I want Eddie Royal's socks. I'll draft those. You can have his <laughs> socks. I'll take his production then. So there. Let's move on to Kansas City, and we've got the happy man himself, Charlie Weiss, who just had so much fun in Notre Dame he oh. couldn't take it anymore and decided to run back to the NFL and become the offensive coordinator the for the old New England gang there that's relocated to Kansas City. So what do you think of him? Is Matt Castle going to be any better? Who do you like at running back or any of the wide receivers worthwhile? What's your take on Kansas City? Um, There's definitely more players I would put on a team than a lot of the other ones we've talked about tonight. I think that Jamal Charles is a very solid choice at running back. I would draft him, which says a lot because I don't like drafting running backs. Um, and I think, I don't think it's worth it to draft Thomas Jones, though. I think he's going to be sitting on the bench a lot of the season, unless something happens to Charles. Hopefully it won't. But He's I, coming I off a 1,400-yard season, and he, he's I know. the number one running well, back right now. I, I'm just telling you what I think. That's what I'm here I, to do. <laughs> I happen to agree. I was just playing devil's advocate there just for the, like for the sake me. of doing it. No, well, yeah, I do, yeah. but that's, yeah, that's another conversation. Okay, we can agree on that then, that I like to fight with you. All right. We, and we can uh, agree that Jamar, Jamal Charles is a good pick and Thomas Jones is a bad pick. I'll, yeah. I won't go so bad as to say a bad pick. Thomas Jones I could see settling into the kind of role that that um, uh, Willis McGahee has in Baltimore where he just kind of Ooh, becomes bad. the goal line guy and – gets a lot of touchdowns and touches near the goal line, but I don't think he's anywhere near the breakaway threat that Jamal Charles is. And if he's if Jamal Charles is not the starting running back by week one, definitely by the third or fourth week, I think he will be. And what I think the he's the guy that's going to rush for over 1,000 yards there. What I find very interesting about this team, though, is the wide receiver situation. Yes. Uh, you've got Dwayne Bowe and Chris Chambers. And I don't think this team's good enough to support two good wide receivers. I think one's going to get a lot and one's not, but I have no idea which one. I'll put my lot with Bo, and I'll also bring up another name that um, we haven't mentioned yet, and that's Dexter McCluster. And apparently they're doing all sorts of things with him in camp. They're lining up as a wide receiver, as a running back, as a wildcat quarterback. So I would actually take that. a flyer on McCluster before I would Chris Chambers. Uh, see, I'd go the other way. Remember uh, Pat White in Miami and all six times he touched the field with all his cool wildcat maneuvers and lining up as a wide receiver in camp? doesn't always translate. 
No, but Pat White was a quarterback in college, and McCluster was was it's wasn't a quarterback. Concept. So, I think McCluster has well, he definitely has more experience and more skills as a receiver coming into the NFL than Pat White did. But we'll we'll see. So you can have you can have Chris Chambers. I'll take Dexter McCluster, and we'll we'll pull a wishbone apart for Dwayne Bow. <laughs> Does that sound good? I just I don't know if it's it, it really depends on how your team's shaping up and how your draft's going and yada yada yada. But it, I think it's kind of a toss up who's going to get the real production if it's going to be Bo or Chambers or maybe in a fantasy world McCluster. <laughs> or, or maybe in Sherpa world, which you're probably yeah, thinking is clearly, a fantasy world right clearly now. Clearly I'm not a resident of Sherpa world. <laughs> Sherpaville. Oh, so, all right, and tight end, I, I guess we don't need to talk about Leonard Pope or Tony Moyaki, do we? I wouldn't draft them. I think okay, we neither need to would have I. a talk if you do. <laughs> all right. Let's not have that talk then. I won't draft them, and let's not have that talk. All moving right, on, enough. moving on to the everyone's favorite team, the Oakland Raiders. Raiders. Jason Campbell, how much of a difference is he going to make there? Uh, not much. I don't think he's really? a quarterback. Period. I totally disagree with you. Here's a guy who has improved both his his completion percentage and his total yards passing each of the last three seasons and all that while playing for four different offensive coordinators, I believe, in four years. So I actually think if he gets into a offensive coordinator, (laughs) he does, but I think he's shown that he can adjust and I don't know if thrive is the right word, but he can certainly hold his own in a situation like that. The guy had 3,600 yards passing last year with the Washington Redskins with that porous offensive line where he was getting clobbered three or four times a game. So I have a little more faith in offensive line in Oakland is better than that? Uh, We'll have to see. Every offensive line (laughs) says that they've improved during the Uh offseason, but we all know that not everybody can be above average. So we'll see what happens with that. But I, I wouldn't draft Jason Campbell. All right. I don't think I, ever I, in my life I will draft Jason Campbell. I, I think your your cowboy bias is coming into play here. That's what I think. I think it's just that I don't like him and I don't think he's good. <laughs> All right. So I'll I'll take Jason Campbell and you can have uh, Derek Anderson then. So <laughs> I'll take Zach how about, Miller. How about that? Zach Miller. I think we can both agree that he's worth taking. Do you think Zach Miller becomes? Jason Campbell's Chris Cooley in Oakland. What, what do you th- what do you foresee for him this year? Uh, I foresee he becomes a top ten tight end. I don't care how he gets the ball or who throws it to him, just that he catches it. <laughs> and I think he will. I I think he. Did. I guess Jason Campbell is going to have to be his go to guy. Um, I just I I don't I'm not really wowed by any of the wide receivers there, so I don't see why he wouldn't be. I like Chaz Schillens a lot, but unfortunately, as you pointed out before, the guy's well, going to miss probably half the season <laughs> with a knee injury, so that doesn't do us any good. What about Lewis Murphy? He's somebody that very quietly had five or six hundred yards uh, receiving last year, and you know, was was a much better receiver than Darius Hayward Bay, who had all of about a hundred yards receiving yeah, last all, like, year. Yeah, catches that he had. Um, yeah, not so impressive. But is you know, Lewis Murphy someone that you might want to look at as a sleeper-wide receiver in a league? No, not for me. Not at all. 
if he were still there again, I'll, I'll go by that number one receiver theory that somebody's got to catch something there. So yeah, and I, somebody's going to be Zach Miller. If Campbell throws for, let's say for the sake of argument, he has a bad year and throws for 3,000 yards, and Zach Miller has the best year of his career and catches 1,000 yards. Believe, I fully believe Zach Miller will catch all 3,000 of them. How about that? <laughs> all right, you can have Zach Miller then and take him in the first round if you think he's going to be that good. Maybe you can I even, will. I'll, I'll Maybe make you a deal. I'll even throw in the Zach Miller who's the tight end for Jacksonville. You can have two for the price right. of one. All right, I'll start I'll them both. <laughs> all right. But, of course, you won't need to start them both because – at 3,000 yards receiving, you know, he'll he'll carry your team to victory. So, what about the Zach Miller will be the only one I start out of the whole team. <laughs> so, what about running back situation there? Michael Bush seems like a talented guy, but he's injury prone. Darren McFadden hasn't proven that he's talented yet, but was very accomplished in college and running the Wildcat and all. But he hasn't shown much in the pros, and he's got a hamstring I injury. Kinda think they split time. I don't think either will get enough that I would draft either of them. I think they kind of hurt each other by splitting time. Well, they definitely eat into each other's value, but I think if Michael Bush is able to stay healthy, I think his upside is a lot greater than Darren McFadden's. To me, Darren McFadden in his best case is Reggie Bush light. And I don't even know if that's know. worth drafting gonna, or I, not. I think Oakland wants him to be more than that, and they're going to push him into more chances. I just look at how often he's gotten injured the first couple of seasons, and I just don't see him holding up for a full Weren't season. Were you just telling me Michael Bush is injury prone? Didn't those words come out of your mouth? <laughs> I, they and did. And you're trying to tell me not to take Darren McFadden because he's injury prone? <laughs> Well, I think Michael Bush is a bigger guy, so maybe he holds up to the pounding a little bit better. You never know. So We'll see. (laughs) So in our league, then, you can have Darren McFadden, and I'll take Michael Bush. Deal? All right. (laughs) All right. So, hey, we're almost through our our previews here. We're actually running fairly on time for our show today. Shockingly, yes. Shockingly, even with all the arguing. So we've got one last team to take a look at out of our whole 32, and if you've missed any of the previous 24 teams, you can go back into the Blog Talk Radio archives, our show's site, and download any of the previous four shows. What about the San Diego Chargers? Have we saved the best for last, or is this just um, another mid-length fantasy team? I think we saved a very sad team for last. Really? I am mourning for the Chargers already. Why is that? <laughs> uh, I just think they're going to be a hot mess this year. And you attribute that to the absence of Vincent Jackson or the loss of LaDainian Tomlinson or to what? Uh, can I check all of the above? Uh, can I check sketchy lines on both offense and defense? Uh, just a, I, their defense is slightly above average, which is nice, but they're not a phenom anymore. I just, I, I don't think they're going to be leaps and bounds ahead of the rest of their division like they have been the last couple of years. I think everybody's going to catch up to them now, even the Raiders. 
I disagree. I think that Ryan Matthews will more than make up for the departure of Ladanian Tomlinson. In fact, oh I think he Oh, my gosh, could... you're crazy. <laughs> Ladanian Tomlinson had, what, 500, 600 you... yards rushing last year? I could easily see Matthews. If that offensive line is healthy, and I know that's a big if, but if it is, that's, that's not gonna I think happen. Rivers... They're not healthy. They're not going to be healthy. Well, they're, they've Ryan had a whole Matthews off season to heal. get crushed. I There's totally no, disagree no. with you. Nope. And I think nope. Philip Rivers is a good enough passer. He's going to throw to Antonio Gates. He's going to throw to Malcolm Floyd, maybe even Legadun Nane, And that's I going to yeah. take some so of the pressure Rivers. off of the running game and allow Matthews and maybe even Darren Sproles to be worthwhile fantasy-wise. When has, Okay, let's talk about Darren Sproles for one second. When sure. has he risen to the occasion? He's a good number maybe three or four running back for fantasy, but I'm not talking about him as a number one or two. I'm just <laughs> saying that I think Matthews just, is I'm definitely... <laughs> no, I, I think I, the running back situation uh, looks really good on paper, but I don't think it's going to be that great on the field. Because you don't trust their offensive line? I think their offensive line is a mess, and I think that both Sproles and Matthews are going to pay dearly for that. I think they're not going to have a lot of room to run, and they're going to get hit a lot. That makes me sad for them, but I still think it's going to happen. And you, and Philip Rivers passing to Antonio Gates and Malcolm Floyd, and I like hopefully that. eventually I like Vincent Rivers, Jackson. I like Antonio Gates. I like Malcolm Floyd. I'm not saying I hate the team. I'm just saying they're a little bit sad this year. <laughs> well, I'll make you a friendly prediction here that, and, right, and I want my batch, and I like chocolate chip cookies, thank you very much, and I want all the all listeners right. to make a note of that, duly too. Noted. Duly As long as it's duly and not dully noted, because you should duly. be excited about it, because you're going to have to send me some. But I'm the next baker. <laughs> I, I'm sure that you are, and I'm looking forward to confirming that. So I mm-hmm. think that... Matthews is going to get 1,000 yards. I think Philip Rivers is going to pass Whoa. for close to 4,000 yards again. And I think All right, hold on. Vincent... Yeah, we can't make this whole general bet. You pick one thing, and we will bet on that. Are you taking Matthews, or are you telling me Ryan Matthews is going to run for 1,000 yards? Yes or no? Yes, yes. All right, all right. How's that for a definitive one? answer? <laughs> all right, I'm writing it down. And I also think Philip Rivers is going to throw for 4,000 yards, yes or no? I'm not betting cookies on that. He's going to have a nice season. I never said he wasn't. <laughs> so do you think Vincent Jackson is going to come back in week four? Do you think the contract thing is going to hold him back? Would you even draft Vincent Jackson, or do you leave him for uh, somebody else to take that chance? Somebody else can have Vincent Jackson. Uh, Fantasy League members, if you're listening, he's all yours. Um, and I think, yes, he's back by week five at the very latest. I don't think he enjoys not making money. I don't think he enjoys being out of the spotlight. And I think he won't have anything to do with his time but think about football. Especially if he thinks he can be the savior of the team and if they haven't got off to a rough start and he can jump in and be like, oh, I'm going to start the fire here. We're going to the Super Bowl. I think he has incentive to come back. I think the thing that's ultimately going to push him off the fence is just the prospect of the labor problems next year and the very real possibility that he might not get paid for two years if he sits out this year. Hopefully the guy socked away something somewhere, but I wouldn't bet on it. And 
I just, I never believe all these doom and gloom stories, whether it's Darrell Revis or Vincent Jackson. I think ultimately he's going to sign for something and they'll all lose happily ever after together then. So, but I, I still think San Diego is going to win that division. That's another prediction that I'll make, which I don't think is that controversial, but it sounds like you disagree. Um, I I don't know how wholeheartedly I disagree, but I guess we'll see. I mean, there's just I, – I don't really feel like the Raiders or the Chiefs are going to come overpower them, and I don't believe in Kyle Orton, so I can't say the Broncos are going to do it. So by process of elimination, you agree with me that the Chargers are still the team to beat there? Uh, I believe they're a team that will be beaten, but they'll still win the division. I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl, though. No, I, I don't either. They're, but I, I don't think they're going to fall off the cliff either and all of a sudden become a 4-12 and team or anything like that. But No, I so, think they're going to come back to their division, if you will. Well, they almost came back last year. I mean, Denver was... Uh, well, no, I take that back. I got that backwards. Denver was off to the fast start at 6-0, and and then they ended up blowing it, and San Diego came back on them. But So yeah, are we done with our, our team previews and our player previews, then? Can we move on to fun and games? Yes, we can move on to fun and games. <laughs> you don't sound so <laughs> excited about that. This, we have a new game this week, right? All right. But before we talk about the new game, just one more time, how do people get in touch with us if they want in on the 4th and Inches show Fantasy Football League? You can send us a tweet at the number 4THN Inches Show, or you can send us an email under the same name, the number 4THN Inches Show at gmail.com. So let's move on to our new, our humor break for this week. Maybe it's not a humor break, but it's just something different that we'd like to do. We've done a few things before. We've done word associations. We've done true-false. And this week I pulled something new out of the Sherpa hat. This week it's going to be a game called Rank These Three, and you're welcome to play along at home. What I'm going to do is I'm going to ask, I'm going to give Jana three names of guys with similar fantasy values who all play the same position. I'm going to ask Jana to rank them from one through three, and then we'll see how they compare with my rankings and your rankings. So you ready, Jana? I think I'm as ready as I'll ever be. (laughs) All right, number one, let's look at some top-flight running backs. Chris Johnson, Adrian Peterson, Maurice Jones-Drew. How do you rank those three guys? Uh, Maurice Jones-Drew, number one. Chris Johnson, two. Adrian Peterson, three. All right. We're we're actually pretty close. I also agree with you that Jones-Drew is number one. I'll take AP, two, and Chris Johnson, three, <laughs> then. So that was, that's pretty good. We're off to a good start there. Okay, close. All right. All right, well, there's there's no right or wrong, and it's just interesting to see whether great minds think alike or not. So, number two, let's take a look at some top-light wide receivers. How about Randy Moss, Calvin Johnson, and Larry Fitzgerald? Where would you rank those three? How would you rank those three in order? Calvin Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, and who else did you give me? Randy Moss. Randy Moss. I think I'm going to go Johnson Fitzgerald Moss. Wow, we agree exactly on that one. This isn't as much Uh fun as I thought it was going to be. All right, let's move on to the quarterbacks. Maybe this will spruce things up here. Yeah, we'll fight about this, I'm sure. Right. We've got – no, I I haven't – I've saved your your favorite quarterback for later. We've got – 
Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, and Drew Brees, how do you rank those three? Um, Brees, Rodgers, Manning. We agree on that, too. Where's the I know last that? week I said Aaron Rodgers won, I think, but oh. I'm a woman. I can change my mind. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, well, we're, we're disagreeing. We're agreeing on everything so far. This isn't any fun. All right, now I think I'm going to get so you, sorry. though. I'm so sorry. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to bleep this out of the show. Oh, so man. how about for top top-tier tight ends. Let's take a look at Jason Witten, Dallas Clark, Antonio Gates. How do you rate those three? Witten, Clark, Gates. In that order? Yes. All right, I'm going to go the... Who do you think I'm going to put first? (laughs) Well, I thought you were going to put your rooting loyalties aside and and realize that Antonio Gates should have been number one there and Dallas Clark well, correct answer at number two. <laughs> and Jason Witten should have been placed number third there in, in my humble Ooh, estimation. Boo on that. All right. You well on, you sit on a throne of lies, that's what you do. <laughs> well, well we'll see here. So this is getting good now. So we've we've only right. got a few minutes left. How many how much do we have time for? Maybe one or two more? Maybe one or two, yeah. All right. So how about uh, running backs? Sean Green, Richard Mendenhall, and LaShawn McCoy. How do you rank those three? Do I, I don't even want to rank these three. No. All right, so I have, um, I'm picking between Mendenhall, McCoy, and who else? Sean Green. Sean Green. I'm going to go LaShawn McCoy, Sean Green, and then Mendenhall. All right, I agree with you, except that I reversed Green and Mendenhall. I had it McCoy, Mendenhall, and Green. So actually, we're not that far off on the majority of these. So how about one more, one last one, one which more. I know you're going to enjoy. All right, now we're looking at the dregs among the quarterbacks. We've got Matt Liner, Matt, Mark Sanchez. See, I got Mark right this week. I didn't say Matt. Oh, look Mark at you. Sanchez. Yeah, I'm improving. Matt Liner, Mark Sanchez, and Jake DeLome. How do you rank those three for fantasy purposes? Jesus. Um... No, he wasn't I'm one of the options. Go. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm gonna go. Um, Sanchez, and then I have to pick between Liner and Delome. Yes. Oh God. Um. And you well, aren't the Minnesota Vikings I, draft team. You can't pass. All right, I I'm gonna put Liner at two, but. Not happily, and DeLome three. I don't think either of them are starters the whole season. So, all right, I'm going to go with (laughs) Leinert first, DeLome second, and Mark Sanchez third. If it's possible, I think Mark Sanchez. You are crazy. Call me crazy, but that's how I see it. So, how much time do we have left? Uh, Just about a minute. So, I think. All right, so let's wrap her up. So what's what's coming up next week, and what else do you want to tell us about before we sign off here? Um, next week we are Sans Sherpa, most likely. So it's just going to be me running the ship here. We're going to have some fun surprises, maybe talk a little strategy. Could be a party. I don't know. We're gonna, you're just going to have to tune in and find out. Uh, we're going to be here from 9.30 to 10.30 p.m. Eastern, where we are all throughout the season. And during the week you can contact us via email or Twitter, 
uh, at the number 4thninchesshow at gmail.com and same handle for Twitter, 4thninchesshow. Uh, again, let me know if you want in on the Fantasy Football League and you can check out fantasyfootballsherpa.com for all your needs, fantasy football ranking-wise, statistics, up-to-the-minute news. Uh, there's a great blog where we argue there even when we're not on air. So you can check that all out there and talk to us during the week. Sounds great, and keep those messages and calls coming in for Jana because uh, next week's going to be a good show. You might actually even enjoy it, um, what we have planned for you or what we might have planned for you. So enjoy it, everyone. Have a great week, and thanks for listening. Thanks, guys.